Welcome to Finance Friday on the Kenzapod. It's not like they're not thinking about you. They're not like, oh, there's that Tiffany again. I'm going to not pay her check just to see what happens. There's none of that going on. <laughs> Kenza Collective is a platform designed to inspire and support parents who work as independent contractors. We are a community of like-minded parents united in our vision that career and parenthood can exist in harmony. So whether you're thinking of taking the leap into freelancing, you're a seasoned freelancer looking to learn more about how to run your business, or you're anything in between, we welcome you. Together, let's reinvent what it means to be a working parent. My name is Tiffany Jones. I'm the founder of Kenza. Let's get into it. Hi, and welcome again to another episode of Finance Friday with Beth. Hey. Oh, we get a little little song there too. <laughs> <laughs> so today we, this will probably want, be one of many conversations we have about one of the most challenging aspects of freelancing, which is getting paid and getting paid on time. This is something that can be frustrating, it can be scary, it can cause a lot of stress for you. And just like any story, there are two sides to this. So in this episode of Finance Friday, we will be hearing from Beth about what goes on behind the scenes when you send an invoice to your client. We're going to walk through the entire journey from setting up your payment terms to submitting your paperwork to how to properly format your invoices and all kinds of things. So this is such a unique perspective that we get to pick Beth's brain about. Um, you know, one of the most important aspects of freelancing is maintaining a healthy relationship with your client. And just like any other relationship, it takes work, it takes practice, trust, respect, all of those key ingredients that go into a healthy relationship. And when your client isn't paying you on time, the relationship can start to break down. You might be sitting down to do work for them and you have this nagging frustration that on your next call, you're going to have to bring up the fact that they haven't paid you yet or that it's late again. And um, when you have that nagging frustration happening, you're not going to get your best work done and the relationship really just starts to erode. So it's really important to remember that most of the time, late payments on your invoices are not personal. And it's really easy to take it personal because trust me, I, I struggle with this a lot. I have this sense of don't mess with my money, man. Don't be messing with my money. I've done my part. You do yours. And you can get into this really bad headspace and it can be really stressful. But as I've learned from Beth, what's usually going on is that they are having a cash flow issue or they have a lack of good internal processes on the client side or some other internal issue that's going on that's completely outside of your control and has nothing to do with you. And while you usually can't do much to fix the issues for your client, unless you're Beth, who does actually go in and fix those issues for their clients. <laughs> I literally do. Yeah. <laughs> but most of us don't have that power or knowledge. Um, it really, 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 really helps to understand what's going on behind the scenes and learn how you can ask the right questions from the beginning, adjust your expectations, and do everything you possibly can on your side of the fence to improve the situation. That's really going to help you. So without further ado, as they say, let's dive in. 
Beth, hello. Hey, thanks for having me on again, Tiffany. Um, yeah, to what you were saying, you know, it's it's funny because there's all this internal drama going on, right? On on the 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 freelancer side of things. And then on the accounting department side of things, they have no clue. <laughs> so you <laughs> Oh my gosh, I haven't gotten paid. And the accounting department on the other side might not have gotten your invoice, you know? And it's just like, it's usually pretty straightforward. Um, accountants have a very specific job to move money around within well-defined parameters. And so they're, they're, they're processing transactions all day long, you know? And, and your invoice versus someone else's is... Like they don't know the difference. They just know they've gotten this stack of invoices. They have to put them into the system. They have to cut checks. They have to get someone to sign the checks. They have to mail the checks. Out. It's not like they're not thinking about you. They're not like, oh, there's that Tiffany and I'm going to not pay her check just to see what happens. There's none of that going on. <laughs> there's absolutely none of that going on. Usually if you're not getting paid, the way you think you want to get paid. First of all, you should probably bring that to someone's attention. Um, and probably the person you should bring that to the attention of is the accounts payable person. You know, just have a heart to heart with that person. You know, just say, hey, you know, I'm sending in my invoices and, and you know, I'm, when, how often do you do check runs? And, you know, can you educate me a little bit more? What can I do to help get paid faster? And, and we're going to get into a lot more nuance about this in this, this podcast. But, you know, again, it's never personal. It's, it's like, in fact, people in accounting, like, barely know who anybody is. They're so isolated from everybody. Like, they don't know people well enough to make it personal, you know? <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, you're working with a client who doesn't have anybody doing their accounting. And that's like even worse sometimes because then like they are doing everything and in, also in charge of running the finances of their business. And maybe they don't actually even know how to do that. Mm -hmm. So there are little tips and tricks that we're going to talk about along the way that can just, again, make their lives easier, help them help you. And, um, you know, we've talked about this before. You should really spend some time understanding your relationship with money, understanding why you get so, um, you know, pissed off when people mess with your money like I do. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I know why that happens for me. And, and really what it is, is I have this feeling of like, I came through for you. You're not coming through for me. And I take it so dang personally, and I've had to put up some boundaries and some ways to alleviate that stress, get comfortable with having an uncomfortable conversation, get comfortable with not making it so uncomfortable. You know, it doesn't have to be a big deal. So, so let's, let's just jump in. And what we're going to do is start from the beginning. So you're freelancing, you have sold your client on some awesome project you're going to do for them or some kind of deliverable. And they have accepted your proposal. They've accepted the price. And so now it's time to actually talk money, um, get payments set up and, you know, actually get a check in your hand and make sure that you're going to continue to get checks in your hand or get deposits in your bank account, however it's going to work. So Beth, maybe you can give us some practical tips at that point in the game. Let's assume that we're new to this company. So they don't have any paperwork from us. 
Um, they know nothing about, you know, how to get us money or when we're going to need money. What, what can we do to up our chances of getting paid when we want to be paid? Um, so first of all, there are a series of uh, documents that probably the accounting department will ask you for when you get set up as a contractor with this business. One of them is the W-9 form. For those of you who are new, this is a form uh, that asks you for your company's name, tax ID number, and address. And this is basically um, the basics for getting set up with the company. A lot of companies will also have secondary forms. Sometimes if they have a, you know, electronic payment process or, or some other type of, um, you know, payment structure, they may also ask you to fill out some additional forms. But the W-9 is, is a pretty sure bet. So it never hurts to have a bunch of those ready to go because sometimes, um, I just had this happen yesterday. I'm working with a client and just in the middle of the day, their accountant sent me an email and said, hey, send me a W-9. And I realized I didn't have one. I couldn't figure out where my PDF of one was. So I had to do a new one and then send it to them, which takes a minute. But if you have one ready to go, print it out, sign it, scan it, send it into them. That's great. Um, also, when you set up your, your, uh, your arrangements with your client, make sure that you have due on receipt terms with your client. Put that on your invoice. It basically says, um, when I send you an invoice, it's due right away. It's not due in 30 days or 60 days. It's due now. And, and that's kind of the uh, industry standard for freelancers. Um, in a lot of places, uh, freelancer payments are prioritized at almost the same level as payroll because there's an understanding that this is an individual who has bills to pay. So it's not, you know, that that's not an unusual ask. Um, also know the AP person by name and have their contact information. Um, make sure at the outset of the relationship, you check in with them and make sure they have everything they need from you, uh, including your W-9 and any other internal forms that need to be completed to set you up as a vendor. And then also find out how frequently they do check runs. Um, they may do check runs every second Thursday, or they might do them every Monday or, or whatever it is. Find out how frequently they do check runs. Um, do you have any questions on that, Tiffany? Yeah, I think um, I'm just going to be honest here. This is something I've I've still continue to struggle with a little bit, um, and uh, just this beginning process. And I know um, I started to learn like, okay, it's good to know the accounting person. It's good to be in touch with them. And sometimes I felt weird. Um, I almost felt like I was going behind my client's back to talk to this person. And so I think that, you know, as I move forward and, and start new projects and start with new clients from scratch, I think that this needs to be a part of my onboarding process is that when a proposal is signed and maybe even before then I walk my clients through what my what my payment terms are like and what I can, what I expect and how we can work together to meet those expectations. So I think from the beginning, what I would say is, Hey, you know, here's my payment terms. Here's what I'm hoping to do. Who's the best person on your team that I can talk to, to coordinate paperwork with or to get paid or 
do you have any advice on just that, those early days of getting this set up so that you can kind of avoid some problems down the road? Well, you know, accounts payable is accounts payable is accounts payable at every company. That's ultimately who's going to be cutting the checks. Just a quick aside, as we're encouraging you all to start businesses and run businesses, remember that when you get big enough that you need an accounting department, that's one of the first things you're going to need to do. Because you don't want to be the client that's like, oh, oops, I forgot to pay you because uh, uh, I'm handling 16 things at once. And Accounting is not the thing I like to do. And uh, oops, I was doing something else instead. So, you know, just pro tip for those of you out there, as soon as you get big enough, make an accounting person, even a part-time bookkeeper, be one of your first hires. You will thank yourself later. Um, But uh, (laughs) I think I've gotten off the the train of thought here. But, (laughs) But anyway, circling back, um, you know, it, 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 the accounting people just have a very specific job. You're not going behind anybody's back. You know, that's actually their job. Their job is to move money around. Um, they are completely out of the, the loop on any sorts of politics and everything else. They are just serving a, a, a functional role. And um, they're, they're actually rewarded for the more processing of transactions that they can do. So, you know, let that, let that person be your friend. Now, they may not be the chattiest person in the world. That may not be, you know, and here's the other, here's another tip about working with accountants. Don't, you don't need to butter them up. You don't need to schmooze them. You don't need to call and be like, Hey, how's it going? Like all you need to do is send them a quick email and say, Hey, Kathy, I understand that you need a W9. You know, would you prefer that mailed or would you prefer that by email? You know, like really just get to the point with them. They're just processing a lot of stuff. Just, just like get to the point, give them what they need and like, you know, find out what you need to know from them and take all the emotion out of it. It's a completely emotionless part of the business. <laughs> and, and you're like, you're, you're, meanwhile, you're like, but I'm losing sleep over it. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's good to like diffuse this. And, and that's actually a good segue into another question I have, which is, so here's, here's sort of what I've used as a process in the past. And I just wanted to get your feedback on this, um, from a, from an accountant's point of view. So typically once I sign a contract on a project with a, with a client, um, I require 50% to even just get started on the project, 50% of the project cost. And, and this can vary depending on the type of project it is and how long it is, whatever. But just in general, 50% to start, then about tw- then 25% about midway through, and then 25% on a certain date when the project should end. And this is something we'll get into later, but I typically do not tie my final payments to final deliverables. Or if I'm, if I have to do that, it's a, like a small percentage, maybe 5% or something. And the reason for that is sometimes the project can get delayed due to circumstances beyond your control. And now you're screwed out of getting your final payment because those technically those final deliverables never happen. So I know we'll talk about that later, but that's generally 50%, 25%, 25%. So what I do is I, I set up the proposal, it gets signed. I create these three invoices and I send all three at one time. And I send them to, with different due dates on them. 
and I send them to my client and to the accounting person. And then what happens is now that they're out there and I, and I write a little email explaining this, what's going to happen is a reminder. I said an automatic reminder. So like maybe the 25% payment is coming up. I have an auto reminder that goes out five days before that's due. It says, Hey, Kathy, just want to let you know that in five days, it's invoices due. Thanks. And that's just completely automatic. I don't have to think about it. It's just goes. And then if the invoice becomes overdue, there's another one that goes three days out. Hey, this invoice is now three days overdue. Thank you so much for your attention to this. Blah, blah. And then another five days after that, they still have not paid. Another one goes out. And at that point, I'm usually having to have a conversation and it has gotten to that point. It just sucks. So are those reminders? Is that a good way to do it? Are those, am I annoying that person? Is there a better <laughs> way that would get me what I need when I need it? Well, here's the thing. They have a certain structure that they're working on too. So, you know, each, let's say for the sake of argument, they're doing a, a weekly check run where they run checks on Thursdays and they get mailed out on Fridays. They're, they're basically, you know, getting approved invoice. First of all, the accounting people don't, aren't, aren't all powerful. They still have to get approvals from whoever, you know, purchased the goods or services, the manager that, that had the, the, the spending ability. Um, those have to get signed off. I mean, it might be premature if you haven't done the work yet to send an invoice in because an account from, for an accounting person, they're saying, well, this isn't due yet, you know? Also, you're, when you're wanting to be paid and when their check runs are may not line up exactly with each other. And just because they're not paying that, like, you know, let's say their check run is on Thursdays and you're sending it in at the end of the previous week and it's too late to get into this week's check run or whatever it is, like, they, you know, they might just be like, ah, doesn't compute, doesn't fit within my schedule. I'm not sure what to do. So don't give them added variables because that's, it's not their job to be creative. It's their job to just process transactions, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. And that kind of leads to another question, which is, um, you know, we as freelance, like what's happening where I see some problems happening is that two processes aren't melding together. And yeah. the result is I don't get paid when I need to get paid or when I'm expecting to. And then the result of that is I'm frustrated. And then the result of that is the relationship breaks down and the work isn't as great. So it's like this big domino effect that no one's meaning to do. And so do you think that it's better to, instead of entering a project and saying, here's my terms, you need to pay me on these dates, this amount, is it better to try to understand their process and say like, you do it on, you do your check runs on Thursdays. So when if I have an invoice coming due that week, when should I send my invoice to you? I mean, that could get complicated if you have like five clients and you're all trying to jump through their hoops. Like, is this just one of those things that's never going to be perfect? Or what do you think well, about that? Well, here's what I recommend. If you're going to be billing a significant amount of money every month, um, break your billing into smaller amounts and maybe bill them every week or every two weeks or, you know, 15th and the 30th. What that does is it allows them to um, have smaller, smaller invoices. And um, for cash flow purposes, it helps you, right? Because cash continues coming. Let's say you have a client that you bill every week. And let's say you only bill them a few hundred dollars every week. But if they can cut that check and mail it to you each week, 
that's money that continues to come in. You're not waiting till the end of the month for one big check. You're just waiting, you know, you're just, you just know that there's going to be a steady flow of money. And if you can get into that routine with a, with a client, you're more likely to get paid because they're not look, likely to look at the number and go, oh, how are we going to make that happen this week? They're more likely to be like, big deal, you know, no big deal. Let's just like include that in our check run with our utility bills and everything else. That's actually a pretty good way to do it. Um, yeah. Also, you know, again, account AP people um, don't have a lot of power, right? So as much as you might be saying to them, hey, do this because this is my schedule. They're like, you know, my hands are kind of tied because like I can't sign checks. You know, I can only, I can't approve your invoice. I, I'm just inputting a bunch of information that I have and I'm trying to make it work within the structure that I've been told is our structure. I mean, you know, as you might imagine, the structure around the financial folks is pretty rigid, you know, so they don't get to do a lot of like, you know, free form stuff like, you know, sometimes they do. If they're not super busy, they can be like, oh, you know, Tiffany needs to get her check this week. So can I make that happen? And the boss is sometimes like, yeah, yeah, go for it. You know, but, but don't expect them to necessarily do separate check runs or, or anything like that, because it, unless there's a really, really good reason for it, you know, so try not to be the person that always needs exceptions. Try to be, try to work within their structure. And if you, if you talk to, let's say you have five clients and you talk to your five different people, they might all do it five different ways, but just, you know, if you do something like an invoice every week or, you know, an invoice at key points during the deliverables, I wouldn't send invoices before you've done the work because that, that like doesn't compute with them because you're only, they're only supposed to pay work you know, unless it's a special circumstance and the boss has said, you know, make sure you pay this person, you know, up front before they get started. Sometimes it just, it, it, it just disrupts the flow of stuff. So you want to, you know, listen to what they have to say, you know, tell okay. them what the plan is, listen to what they have to say. If that's too complicated for them, they also keep in mind, they get a whole bunch of phone calls saying, you know, have you, you know, where's my, where's my check from a whole bunch of other people at the same time. And when they're doing their job, they get none of those phone calls. You know, when they're, when they're doing their job well and effectively, they get none of those phone calls. So try not to be the person that, that, you know, makes them feel like they're a failure. If you Aww. know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and I even one time realized that, um, the accounting the person who was cutting my checks was also filling in as a customer service rep. And so they were completely swamped. And so again, just reminded me like, this is never personal. You have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. So I think what I'm hearing, and this is, I'm having yet again, one of Tiffany's epiphanies. <laughs> um <laughs> Tiffany had an epiphany. <laughs> um, where it seems like to up your chances of getting paid on time, like everything, it's a conversation. Yeah. And you can have boundaries in place. Like one of my boundaries is I'm not going to start a project until I get my 50%. Like I'm just not that I'm holding the time on my calendar. I'm booking out. I'm turning down other work. And I need to know that I'm going to, you know, they're for real. And, and when they give me 50%, that 
to me that says they're for real about this and, and we're good to go. So that, the, I think that there are certain boundaries and that's a one-time type of thing that you can put in place. And then from there, maybe it sounds like it's, it is a conversation and yeah, it might be kind of annoying if you have multiple clients to have everyone on a different, um, schedule, although it may not be as different as one might think. Um, and you don't have to do that, but then you need to realize that the trade-off is you may, you may be frustrated that you're not getting what you want when you want it. But if you can learn to just have a conversation, maybe it's with your client and the accounting person and talk through this at the outset and treat it like it's just because it is just part of your process. All right, we sign. We're we're getting close to signing this proposal. We have now let's talk about how's payment going to work. Tell me about how your guys' internal structure works and how can I basically slip right in there and just goes back into like, you know, just making your client's life as easy as possible and, and everybody on their team's life as easy as possible. So that's, yeah, that's a, that's a really, I'm glad we came to this conclusion. Does that seem to make sense to you too? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, I've worked with a whole bunch of accounting people that are just like, you know, oh my gosh, I have to just get all these transactions done in this day. Look at this stack of invoices in my inbox, you know? And so they're like, you know, let me just get my work done. <laughs> it's just- Yeah, exactly. Um, so as we were sort of outlining this um, episode, Beth put together, uh, what is there? Like five or six bullet points with a couple of sub bullets about just about the invoice itself. And mm-hmm. that was surprising to me. I didn't realize um, how, how important what is on your invoice, like just some, some nuance of your invoice can be to getting you paid. So let's spend a little bit of time talking about the actual invoice itself and what, what it looks like and what's on there to, again, just up your chances of getting paid here. Yeah. Well, so um, include your company name and especially who to write the check to. So if you have a fictitious business name, uh, a doing business as, a DBA, um, and uh, that is who you want your check written to, um, include that. But then also include your real name and your real uh, tax ID number because they need to know that for the 1099. Um, again, the IRS does not recognize uh, fictitious business names, which are something you file with your county clerk. And um, the, the social security number linked to your name is really what they're going to need to know uh, when they go to do your 1099, which is your independent contractor's tax form that gets released at the end of a calendar year. And you need that to file your taxes with. Um, it's also okay to put your tax ID number on the invoice, whether it's your social security number or whether you've gotten a special tax ID number from the IRS. Um, keep in mind that accounting departments routinely deal with payroll information and they can be trusted with your information. They lock stuff up and uh, oftentimes they archive and shred um, after seven years. I mean, if, if anybody can be trusted with your information, it's this group. I mean, they're, they're, you know, really the, the security uh, conscious folks in a, in a company. Also include your correct address, phone number, and email address. Make it easy to get in touch if they have any questions. And as silly as this may seem, include the word invoice somewhere. 
with the client's name and address on it and the name of your contact within the company and a brief description of the project. For example, I was doing marketing consulting for Bob Jones. If accounts payable has a question about how to code your invoice or who they need to contact for approval, this will help them out a lot. Also on your invoice, show the dates of service, the date of the invoice, and the services provided. Consult your client about how much detail they want. Um, for some clients, if you have a fairly consistent service or role that you provide, it may be sufficient to just summarize the role and the dates. Um, include detail if you want to remind a client of everything you're working on for later conversations about what you worked on. I know Tiffany has, has talked about um, providing a summary to clients of the work that was done just to remind them. Uh, it never hurts to, to continue to remind, you know, I did this and this and this this month, and um, that's why I'm billing you right now. Uh, also, if you're billing by hours, include that detail. If you're billing by project, list your deliverables that you have successfully delivered in the billing period. And pro tip, have the date of the invoice be the same as the last date of the work. Uh, accounting staff are trying to keep activity matched up to the month. Um, and invoice as quickly as you can after the time period ends. When the accounting staff is trying to close the month and invoices come in two weeks after the end of the month, it is really a hassle for them. I mean, basically they can't close the month until everything's in, so don't be that person. And don't drag your feet and don't be bashful and coy and cute about it, you know, like, oh, here's my invoice, just send it in. You know, remember, account, the accounts payable people are processing transactions all day. They're not judging you. They're not thinking about, you know, you beyond the piece of paper that's coming in and needs to have money attached to it and sent back. Um, so, you know, just, just keep that in mind. Get, just get a good functional invoice over to them that can be actionable by them. And, um, you know, it doesn't need to be emotionally laden or any other kind of thing. <laughs> Don't be emotionally laden, people. <laughs> Don't make overwrought situations happen. I mean, really, getting paid is just a very, tra it's, it's a transaction. It's, a very, it's one of the most simple transactions there is. And so it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't need to turn into anything bigger than what it is. I mean, when I, I've had plenty of instances, I'm sure I could have anecdotes for days where like people come in and they're like, hey, you know, um, I haven't seen my check yet. And I'm, I'm wondering if you're mad at me, you know, and like that kind of stuff. And it's like, no. Oh, wow. No, your stuff hasn't come. Your paperwork isn't here. You know, <laughs> like your W-9 is literally not here. Can you, while you're here, can you fill this out? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, accounting departments have a process and they have procedures that they have to go through. They have a whole book that tells them, you know, I mean, good, good places that have done their homework have a whole financial policies and procedures manual that basically says, we will not pay anybody unless they've given us their W-9. You know, yeah, especially, I mean, especially if you're working with some bureaucratic institution like a, like a university or a school or, you know, really, really big company that has all kinds of hoops to have to jump through. It's just, yeah, it's, I'm just really coming back to that realization that like, you know, as much as you want to set up your terms to be on your terms, 
you're, it's actually going to be much, it's going to behoove you to actually just have a conversation and make a plan with each individual client. And I think they will appreciate that too, because one of the things that, um, we'll, we'll continue to talk about this theme of trying to set yourself apart from other freelancers. And there's lots of different ways to do that. Obviously being a professional, doing what you say you're going to do. I mean, (laughs) sad that those are two things that set you apart, but they will. And this is another instance where it will set you apart of, of, from the beginning saying, Hey, uh, let's, let's talk about how payments are made and help me understand your internal processes so that I can just work with them versus, you know, having this be an issue. Um, it's just such a, I think a great key takeaway. And another, um, thing that I just thought would be really helpful because I know a lot of people are just listening to this podcast. Maybe you're doing something else. I know I listen to podcasts a lot when I'm doing the dishes or driving or somewhere where you can't write stuff down. I think that one thing that we could do, Beth, um, maybe we can time this with the release of the episode is to just put an invoice template out there and kind of point out all the different things that you said that are important on there. It kind of felt like, okay, that's kind of a lot, but I don't think it actually, when you just look at it, is that much. Uh-uh. But if it can make a difference and give you that edge of, of just making someone's life easier and therefore getting paid easier, um, uh-huh. it, it's going to matter. So how about we work together and put together a, an invoice template for people to just, you know, download for free and, and be able to use as, as needed. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we can do it in both Word and Excel. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Um, it's really easy to do. Absolutely. I'd be happy to uh, work on that. Awesome. So as we start to wrap up this Finance Friday, um, do you have any other little pro tips that are just good things to know when it comes to working with accounting departments and increasing our chances of getting paid on time? Yes. Yeah. Very important. If you're working with a client and then you leave or you, you know, even if you're still working there, if your address changes during the engagement or after the engagement, but before the end of the calendar year, make sure you contact that accounting department and let them know your new address so that your 1099 can get to you. Um, Don't assume that they'll have heard through the grapevine. Remember, accounting departments are isolated from the rest of the world. And so they're not, they're not in on the buzz. You know, you might've been talking to your client, you know, at lunch about how you moved and what, how great your new apartment is. I will guarantee the accounting, unless you were talking to the accounting department about that, they don't know any of this. So make sure you go directly to them with an address update if that is the case. I I can't tell you how many people I've had like contact us months later and be like, I never got my 1099. And it's like, well, did you move? Do I have the right address? No, I moved. Well, why didn't you send us your new address? (laughs) How are you (laughs) to find you? You know, so assume, uh, assume the accounting department knows nothing until you tell them, you know, they, that's, again, they're processing transactions all day long. You know, they're not in the loop. Um, Before you, before you jump out of that one, just for any newbies out there, can you just explain what a 1099 is? Oh, yes. So when you're an independent contractor and you are a sole sole proprietor or you're a single member LLC, that actually gets treated as a a sole proprietor. Um, You have to uh, fill out a W-9 form and the W-9 form gives your name, address and and tax ID number to a company. At the end of a year, a company has to release uh, 
what's called a 1099, which is your tax form as an independent contractor. They have to have them done by the end of January, and every accounting department in the world has a mad scramble in the month of January, both to get your W-2s and your 1099s out. And remember, they're doing it for a vast number of people in some cases. And if they are set up and you are, you're in the system with all of your correct information, when the month of January hits and all they have to do is print a report and your information is already there, they are so relieved because they can also spend the month of January calling people and asking them for their social security number, which is just a colossal pain. So, you know, be, be, be ready to go and make sure they have all the correct information. Don't make them chase after you. They don't have time. Again, they're processing transactions all day long. They don't want to get on the phone and have to dial up everybody and be like, can you tell me your correct address? You know, that's just not what they want to be doing in the month of January. Well, and thank you for that explanation. And the other side of that is that if you hire a subcontractor to do some work for you, let's say like I've been working with a client before and they needed some design work done. And so I've subcontracted out a designer to help with something. I also needed to get a W9 from them that I Mm -hmm. will now need to send them a 1099 come January. Correct? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because this is the tax form that freelancers use to demonstrate how much money they've made in a year. This, they need this to file their taxes. So um, it's really, really important. This is, one of the biggest compliance pieces for uh, freelancers. So yeah, make sure that this is all in place. Um, the other the other thing is know how to make collections calls and follow up with AP about your payments. And it doesn't have to be you know I'm 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 going to sue you. You know it doesn't have to be adversarial. It can just be like, hey, um, will I be on this n- next check run? Or hey, I haven't seen a check and I thought maybe I'd be in this week's check run. Am I going to be in next week's? And sometimes they're just like, oh my gosh, I never got your invoice or, oh, oh, I got your invoice and I didn't print it out and I didn't post it. Accounting people are human beings. You know, they could have gotten sick that week. They could have had some, you know, been on vacation, whatever. They, they're also people with jobs that are just doing their best. So, you know, keep the dialogue going. If, if it's been like three weeks or four weeks and you think that you should have gotten like two checks by now, just follow up with them and say, hey, you know, um, will I be in the next check run? Maybe they're, you know, if you're billing them every week, maybe they're saving it until they've got three of them or something and then they send you a check. So again, don't personalize. Don't, um, don't assume that somebody's like trying to rip you off. Just, just you know. Be flexible, call them up, find out what's up. Um, But I do have a cautionary tale. You do have to, you do have to uh, follow up from time to time because uh, in a previous episode, I told you about a time when a client owed me $5,000 and then they stiffed me and that sent me into uh, a series of financial uh, uh, complications. Um, And that was because basically I was not, I was not following up with them. I was like, yeah, 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 they'll pay me. And plus I'm in the accounting department and I was like, well, there's other people that they should be paying first. And I didn't stick, you know, I didn't stay after them and make sure that they paid me. So also make sure that 
you know, you're not getting too far behind in your balance. If you get too far behind in your balance uh, to the point where you're worried that you might not get paid, don't put in any more work until you get caught up because you also don't want to compound your problem. You know, if, if they're not paying you, they're not paying you anyway. So it's not going to cost you anything to stop work until you, you know, get caught up. And most clients, by the way, most clients will be like, oh, I had no idea. Let me make that right, right away. You know, I, I didn't realize you weren't getting paid, you know, and maybe there's some, there's some interruption between the pipeline of your client and accounts payable. Maybe you've got six of your invoices sitting on your client's desk and he hasn't signed off on it and sent it to AP. And their procedure requires them to sign off and to code the invoices. People get busy. People, you know, this is not top of mind for everybody that's a busy person in a company. So, you know, be persistent, be pleasant. Don't, you know, jump to all kinds of conclusions, but, you know, do follow up um, and, and do it professionally. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for all of that advice. It's um, incredibly helpful. And I think my key takeaways are really to, from the outset, just have a conversation, understand their flow, and to just not be afraid of talking about this, especially if you're coming from a job where you're used to just getting a paycheck every two weeks or on the first and the 15th, and it just comes in and you don't need to worry about it. Um, this can feel weird to have to do or feel all kinds of things. Again, goes back to our relationship with money. Um, and so this might be something you have to work on and it might be something that you need to practice that you need to recognize in yourself is something that you have a hard time with. And, um, it, like Beth's, a lot of what Beth says is just to, you know, be, be cheerful. Don't assume things, don't take things personally, and just remember that. And it's really hard to remember that sometimes, but, um, I hope that some of the tips in this particular episode help you to just understand the fuller story of what's going on here and understand how you can up your chances of getting paid when you need to get paid. And um, in a previous episode, we talked about the importance of um, trying to build up a little bit of a business savings account or a big business savings account, whatever you can do. And that really can come in handy here too. So, you know, maybe there's a situation where the person who signs checks is out for two weeks and, oh my gosh, the accounting person forgot to get your check in front of them or whatever it is, knowing that you have a reserve built up to help yourself with cash flow is going to take the stress off of this situation too. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that there's, there's plenty more that we could go into here and we will continue to, if you're listening to this episode and you have more questions, or there's something that we said that you wish we had gone deeper into, please let us know. Um, send us a DM on Instagram at Kenza Collective. Send us an email, hello at kenzacollective.com. Get in touch with us. Let us know. We, are, we do not have a rigid podcast schedule necessarily. We just have a huge list of things we want to talk about, and we pick what we feel most excited about and what our audience is telling us they want to hear about. So your feedback really does matter. Um, Beth, is there anything else that you want to just share or sort of cap this Finance Friday episode off with? Um, you know what? I think that's probably it for now. Um, but remember, you know, don't, don't be weird and scared about money and, um, and just, just keep the, the lines of communications open with the accounting folks. Accounting folks are not scary. 
They might be a little boring, but they're not scary. So, <laughs> so maintain good relationships with them. Oh, accounting <laughs> folks aren't boring. Well, I'm not, but you know, I mean, they, they, they really, they're buried in a lot of transactional work. And, and so, yeah. sometimes, you know, they're, it's not like the marketing people, you know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Well, thank you so much uh, for all of your wisdom yet again, Beth. We really appreciate it. And um, and thank you. Yeah. And we'll, we'll work on um, getting an invoice template out to everyone so that you can have that and not have to worry about taking a bunch of notes. Thank you as always for joining us. And we hope to see you uh, next time. Yay.